spreading Cajun across the nation, pushing the brand across the land. Welcome to Ragin' Review, made by the fans for the fans. Cajun Nation, happy Thursday. Welcome to Region Review. Matt Miguez here, joined by Jerry Abair. If you are at home and you don't have anything to do right now, turn on ESPN Plus, Sunbelt Conference Softball Tournament, Louisiana and South Alabama currently in the top of the fourth inning. Louisiana leads two to nothing thanks to a two-run bomb by left fielder Kendall Talley. And you know, Jerry, let, let's start the episode with this. Summer Ellison has just been absolutely phenomenal this morning. Um, like I said, they're in the top of the fourth, two outs. Summer's only given up one hit, only walked one batter, and she has eight Ks at the moment. Hey, what's up, Matt? Yeah, I uh, I think she's catching fire at the right time um, right now. They needed that game yesterday. Revenge is sweet. It was nice to see them shut out Monroe 7-0. Could have run-ruled them if they wanted to, the way they hit the ball. Uh, and they were very aggressive on the offensive side. I was very pleased with the way that they responded from Saturday. Uh, you would have thought, you know, we make inside jokes about, you know, teams – you know, uh, winning the Super Bowl when they beat the Raging Cajuns. Well, if you look at it from a softball angle, you saw what happened when Monroe won that game on Saturday. They, I mean, I believe they gave their coach a Gatorade bath. And uh, I'm sure that was insulting. I'm sure the players saw that and uh, responded in a very critical way yesterday by getting a very solid win. Um, but right now, it looks like they're, they're sort of wheeling and dealing. Um, you know, some are giving up one hit. She's probably catching fire exactly at the right time. Uh, win now and then win, you know, win, win, win the next two after this. And, you know, not only do you win another championship, but you also hopefully put yourself in a good position to get a decent seed in a, in a winnable regional. I mean, um, all I, eyes are going to be on this weekend for that as well. I, I think, I think as it stands now, I, I would say even if the Cajuns don't win the conference tournament, I still think they're a two seed anywhere in the country. I don't, I don't disagree. I, I, I just, you know, even if they're a three seed, they're good enough to win a regional um, regardless of where they go. Well, I take that back. I, I say I'd rather them go somewhere easier than well, to go to UCLA course, course. or Alabama you know, or uh, Oklahoma. I, you want them to go somewhere where they have a shot to win it. And you want to, and you hope and pray that they get seated in a regional that that gets paired up with a, with a, with a, a, a regional that that could be winnable in the super as well. But you know, um, I'm, I'm also going to throw this in there. If the Cajuns can continue the dominance that they've showed yesterday and so far today through the weekend and win the conference tournament in dominating fashion, I think they've built enough of a resume to sneak in as a host. Well, unfortunately, the sites are already decided. So oh, have they? Not- okay. Yeah, and it's uh, ironically, it's all P five schools. Ooh, so ironically, yeah, okay. Surprise, surprise. Um, so no, unfortunately, they won't be able to host, but they can go get, like you said, they can get seated well enough so, to where they can go somewhere and have a shot to win that regional. Let's see, what are the regional sites? Uh, 
So yeah, like we said, Cajuns lead South Alabama two nothing here in the top of the going to the bottom of the fourth. Excuse me, uh, after beating Monroe yesterday seven nothing. The winner of this game will move on to the semifinals tomorrow morning, and the losers will obviously go into the losers bracket and try to fight their way back to championship Saturday. Um, let's see. Here are the sites. Alabama, Michigan, Arizona, Missouri, Arizona State, Folks, the world's- Oklahoma, Arkansas, Oklahoma State, Clemson, Oregon, Florida, Tennessee, Florida State, Texas, Georgia, UCLA, Kentucky, Virginia Tech, LSU, and Washington. Three conferences. So that's Pac-12, Big 12. Well, it's four conferences. Pac-12, Big 12, ACC, SEC. I mean, what what a surprise. What would you expect? Um, Honestly... Um, just by looking at the list of host sites, I'd be okay with the Cajuns going to Missouri. I'd be okay with them going to, um, the Cajuns have shown they've had success against Texas this year. I'd be okay going there, Oklahoma State. Um, I don't want to go to Bama. I don't want to go to OU. Either OU, Oklahoma, or Oregon, and I don't want to go to LSU. I want to go to LSU. I I want to go to LSU from the standpoint of we could travel to it. I don't want to play LSU. It's honorable regional. I don't know, man. We we struggled against LSU this year. That just we look. We lost that second game. On, a, on an error, on a throwing error. And I think our bats have been a lot better since then. Um, I'd rather go somewhere like LSU because, look, historically speaking, we've won their regional a few times. Uh, we know we know them well. We familiarize ourselves with them. And uh, we're due. I think we're due to go there and win, win another regional, win a regional there again. It's a winnable regional for us. And it, we've showed it in the past, and I think we can do it again. Um I would rather go there than other, you know, I'd rather go there than Oklahoma. I'd rather go there than UCLA. I'd rather go there, you know, than, than, than any other, you know, Alabama. Because a lot of times what I find, especially for us, especially in softball, you know, we have to travel whenever we have to travel further or to places that have more or less uh, longer distance. Uh, we tend to struggle a little bit more, um, you know, like UCLA a few years ago, it happened in Arizona state a while back. Um, it's very hard. The more you travel or the longer you travel, longer the distance of travel it takes, the harder it is to win. So I'd rather go somewhere closer. You're playing against a team that you're very familiar with. So that's why I would personally prefer playing in Baton Rouge before anywhere else right now. Yeah. Um, again, I, I, I agree with your points. You know, it is a winnable regional. It is, it is a close location for our fans to travel. It's just, like I said, the struggles that we've had against LSU this year make me a little hesitant to say that I would feel confident going into into that regional. But, you know, switching from softball to baseball ever so quickly, this weekend for Matt Deggs and company is going to be a big one. Uh, they travel to Arlington, Texas to take on UTA in a series that, as it stands at the moment, 
will decide the Sun Belt West. For right um, now, yeah, for right now, will I? I um, and, and look, it's going to be challenging for this team because we've taken two trips since 2016, and we we've gone over six. So um, we haven't won a game since 2016 in Arlington. So that stadium is not too friendly to the Cajuns. Hasn't been too friendly recently. Um, and so I think right now, especially with the fact that the Cajuns have struggled to play on the road as of recently, um, or as of late, this would be a great time for them to, to turn on the Jets. I think this past weekend, regardless of opponent, regardless of North Alabama not being that great, um, I think the team needed that. It was huge. The team, the team needed to get 15, 16 hits. The team needed to have just about everybody in the lineup get on base, score some runs. Uh, the team needed to get their pitching and their fielding down. Um, and I think they did all of that. I think they played some pretty solid baseball. Now, granted, again, people will say, well, it's North Alabama. But it sometimes you need a tune-up. Well, it sometimes you need a tune-up yep. game. You know, you need a tune-up game. You need games where you, you can go in, dominate, and, and you know. I mean, why do you, why do you think? Why do you think? Why do you think two things? Number one, why do you think that weekend series was even on the schedule? And the secondly, why do you think it was on the schedule when it was? I want to say I think we had to replace them with somebody, if I'm not mistaken, due to uh, the COVID schedule. I what believe. It was? I believe so. See, I'm, um, I'm sitting. I'm sitting there thinking from from a coaching standpoint, first weekend in May is a perfect time to have a tune up. Well. Okay, so I believe that what's ironic is the coaches wanted a few bye weeks in the Sunbelt Conference. So instead of playing 30 games, they played 24. Well, that opened up the week of last week to play North Alabama. Now, from what I understand, uh, I would not be surprised if if um, they go back to if they go back to um, the 30 game schedule. Yeah, because it makes it a lot easier on scheduling. So. I think that had something to do with it. Probably had to get North Alabama at the last minute. Look, you play who you can play. Sometimes it, it's a bummer that you can't play a team with a decent RPI. And remember, North Alabama just recently moved up to Division One. They were Division Two for a very long time. Uh, so they're still making that adjustment into Division One. I don't like the fact that they only won seven or eight games. I think they only won seven. Yeah, they yep. only won seven. I don't like that. But at the same time, with the way we've been playing, with our inconsistency, we needed. I don't think it was. I don't think it was a really bad thing because the RPI doesn't matter at this point for us. You know, we, we just have to. We have to get. Yeah. No. Hot. It, we have to get hot. I right. mean, and then what? Yeah. No. I, RP, I mean, RPI. RPI has become irrelevant. Um, you have to get hot, and, and I hope. I hope that three game series last weekend, that sweep, the way we dominated, that builds some confidence. I wish we could have gotten that game in the other night. Against against um, Southern, yeah, for sure. Against Southern, it was for kind sure. of a bummer that the, that there was a rain delay or a rain a rain cancellation because I think that would have been huge. You 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 know you go in there and I think we would have won that game even though they were up two nothing in the first inning. I think still think we would have uh, come back to win that game and you know you win that game. Now you have now you have a four game win streak. You have confidence and it sets you up. But I still think winning that game this weekend. Was was winning all three games this weekend was huge. What a what I, I'm sorry I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to softball. What a great play, what a great idea by Jerry Glasgow. He had his batter, I believe that was um, 
believe that was Julie Rawls that was that was at the plate. Um, lay down a bunt. The runner on he had runners on the corner with one out. He had the runner from third start going home. The third baseman runs up on the bunt, dives, tosses it to the catcher. The third base, the base runner just trots back to third. Runner gets on, bases loaded with one out. What a that kin- that's that's Kindle at third base, isn't it? No, because um, we're going we're going to the top of the order. Sierra Bryant's about to bat. Kindle's after okay. Kindle's after Sierra Bryant. So whoever's hitting nine today was was that was that batter. Um, no, I'm sorry, Rawls was on third. Who that was Rawls? Okay, yeah, Rawls that was is Rawls. on third. That was Julie Rawls. Yeah. Whoever who's 19. That would be oh that's um uh, Sophie Piscos. Is that Piscos? Yeah, okay. Yeah, so, Piscos. Okay, yeah. so that was Piscos that laid down the bunt. So yeah, bases loaded now, only one out, bottom of the fourth. Oh, Sierra Brian. Oh, and Sierra, Sierra Brian coming up to the plate. Yeah. What a what a See, smart you play a, by you Jerry get a Glasgow. Whammy. You get a Uh oh, Jerry, you froze. Or maybe I froze. Um, okay. Uno momento. And uh, we can talk Cajun sports, and then we can we can do a live uh, we can do a live feed as well. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, there's my remote. My internet crapped out. Oh. There we go. There we go. We're back. We're back. All right. So yeah, um, you you were talking about getting a double whammy. Yeah, uh, we we can we can talk some Cajun sports while watching our nationally ranked softball team. Yeah, and it looks like Sierra Bryan hit a sack fly to score Julie Rawls and make it a three nothing lead for the game. Right. Yep, that's exactly what she did. Sack fly to right field. Well done. Very nice. And that's Caitlin Alderink at the plate. Yeah. Runners on first and second, two outs. Caitlin Alderink at the plate. So real quickly, back to baseball. Yeah, for sure. Um, how did you feel about this weekend? Everybody's talking about North Alabama. Look, I said before last weekend, I was nervous we might have dropped a game because of our yep. inconsistency. But yep. I mean, we I mean, pretty much dominated all three. I, yeah, I, I thought I thought we we played very well in, in every phase. And you know, Matt Degg said that himself after after the game on Sunday. He he thought we played about as good of a series as you could ask for. Um, yeah, we we pitched well. We fielded well. We ran the bases well. We made great contact with the ball. I mean, we, we set a season high in hits Friday night and then tied it on Sunday. You know, I, um, I'm i not going to take any credit away from, the, from, from this baseball team, but, man, I'm not going to lie. North Alabama was not that oh, good either. They, 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 came, made they some- came in with a record of 7-36, and 36, and then I, I kind of felt bad for them because – the commentators were talking about like the remaining schedule for North Alabama after their weekend series with us. They had a midweek game against Vandy this week. Yeah. And the next week they've got a midweek game with Auburn <laughs> to end their season. Well, good. That'll help our RPI a little bit, even though it doesn't matter at this <laughs> point, just by playing Vanderbilt, even if they yeah. lose like 30 to one, I, I, that, that'll, that'll give them some points, but I was very pleased. Um, I was very pleased with the way we played, but man, North Alabama, like I said, they struggled a little bit, but man, they were, 
they they had trouble fielding fly balls, man. Yeah. Fundamental stuff. I, I just I just couldn't believe it. But we took advantage of it. And, I mean, I mean, and, like know, like you said, they've only been in Division One a couple of years. They're and there they're, were things they're, they're that we did. Their recruiting angle is probably not strong yet. And there were things that we did that helped. Um, for example, we we had some hard balls hit this week. Um, very pleased with guys like Drake Osborne, Bobby Lede, um, you know, to name a few really hard hit balls um, this weekend and um, hit a few of them in the gap. You know, Brennan, Connor Kimple, a few of them got some big time base hits. And yep. um, Kimple had a hell of a weekend. He had four hits one day, I believe. Five I mean, hits. Five hits. I mean, five hits insane. in one game. What better way to, to get hot than No, now, you're right. You're right? right. I'm sorry. Four hits. And then he started, it was four hits Friday night, and then his first hit Friday, his first hit Saturday, made him five for five on the weekend. Yeah. And just now. You're ahead of me. Just now. Oh, you're watching it now? You're, you're ahead have, of me. Uh, Hold on. Wind up in the pitch. Oh, that was a, what? Oh, she's safe. Yeah. Bailey Curry. Bailey Curry with the steal home. Beautiful. Look at that. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I think mentally, look, South Alabama has had three circle meetings this inning alone. Yeah, dude, they're shot. They're thrown off. They're They're, shot, It looks like the umpires are going to go review it, but they're thrown off. Uh, that, That they just, yeah. Yeah, I think as of right now, knock on wood, the Cajuns should have this under control if they keep it up. But yeah, they're gonna, wow. they're gonna they're gonna review the play at the plate. It was close. But anyways, but yeah, um, no, you were saying that uh, you know Kimple got five hits uh, that one night. I thought Brennan Bro got a few big hits. Bobby Ladey, of course, being yep. Bobby Ladey as of late, he's on fire right now. Um, I thought Drake Osborne keep him as a leadoff. He's pretty much you know he's where he needs to be. Um, yeah, I, you know, we need guys like Kimple to step up right now, um, especially at the plate. Agreed. So going into this weekend, look, this UTA team, like I said, it's hard to win over there, but they're a lot like Little Rock. You don't know what you're going to get with them. They're right around a 500 team. They're nine and nine right now in the conference, in the Sun Belt, in the conference. And believe it or not, interesting stat I found, Matt, uh, the other uh, the, the other day I was looking it up in conference. In conference, they are batting at an average of 260. But let's see. Um, there's one, two, three, five of their guys are batting over 300 in conference play. Yeah. So we're going to have to be ready. Yeah. Our pitching's going to have to be on point. But I tell you, man, in spite of Spencer, maybe might have struggled a little bit. I still would rather Spencer and Connor as the one-two knockout punch. I would take that one-two knockout punch over any uh, pitching duo in in the conference right now. Agreed. You know, look, you talked about UTA stats. I'm looking at some of their hitters. Boone Montgomery is their leader in batting average with a 306 clip, uh, 53 base hits, 11 doubles, six homers, only 14 RBIs. Um, so his his RBI number is a little low considering. You got three guys on the team over 30. Uh, their RBI leader and all around their best hitter is Connor Obe, 266. Um, he started all 48 games, 
50 base hits, 10 doubles, two triples, nine homers, 37 RBIs, has a slugging percentage of 484. Um, you know, he, like I said, he seems to be the all-around leader in this lineup. He's taken seven stolen bases this year for the Mavs. Um, and then from a pitching standpoint, their, their guy seems to be Cody Bullard. He has started 12 games this year as a 6-3 and three record, a 3.16 ERA, a 1.23 whip. He's pitched 68 in the third innings, 58, 56 hits, 29 runs, 24 of those earned, walked 28, struck out 66. He's only given up five home runs, and opponents are hitting 227 against him. Here's somebody you want to keep an eye on, and I think he's going to pitch tomorrow night, if I'm not mistaken. He's going to be going on a duel against, uh, or duel, yeah, uh, he's going to go on a duel against Spencer Aragadius. Watch out for Carlos Devera. He's the real deal. Um, yeah, 283 ERA. And not only does he have a 283 ERA, you know what his bat, you know what the batting average is in conference that he's only given up. Well, on the year he has, on the year he's given up 163, which is insane. You know what it is in in conference? I don't think I want to know. <laughs> it is a total 133, 36.2 innings pitched, 36 and two thirds. 133 batting average uh, his opponents have hit off of him with a 2.21 ERA. That's that's scary. Yeah, no, very. That's scary. Very, um, very scary. But if the bats are coming alive like they did last week, if you – here's the thing. You beat him. You beat him on Friday night. There's no reason why Connor, why, why why Cookie can't finish it on Saturday to clinch the series. Yeah. You hit off of him. I think Cookie's going to take care of business on Saturday, and we should win the series. But we're going to find out. And look, this is one of those games. We're going to find out Friday night whether or not we uh, we can take the series. I think we're good enough to do it. But one hundred percent. But hopefully, what, Spencer. What's going what's to be the kicker? And I'm not even worried about our pitching. I mean, unless unless Spencer starts tipping pitches again, um, I'm I'm not worried about our pitching. What's going to worry me is the inconsistency before this past weekend, the inconsistency of our bats. Yes, if our bats We're show up, with that for if we if we hit the ball well, I think we win. No que- no question no. about it. I I don't think so. I mentioned, but here's the thing though. I mentioned about the batting for UTA. In conference, the Cajun, they're batting 260 in conference. We're batting 278. We've got three guys who have been pretty solid in the lineup that are batting over 300. We got Jonathan, and that, that doesn't include Jonathan Brandon, and that doesn't include, include Ben Fitzgerald, who's hitting 295. Yep. So we've got guys that are, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys that are, eight guys that are batting over 270 right now in conference. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely, that's definitely encouraging. But again, like I said, um, again, not worried about pitching. I think Spencer Arigetti is going to show up and do what he does. Connor cooks, obviously proven that he's going to show up and do what he does. I I think, I think what's going to win or lose this series for us this weekend is do the bats show up? Can we get, can we get eight, nine, 
10 plus hits a ball game. I don't think, and look, you're dealing, you're playing a 23 and 25 team and you don't know what you're going to get with them. So they, and they're really good at home. Look, they swept Little Rock at home. Now, granted, Little Rock's terrible on the road. They always win their games at home, which I think we still should have won the series against them. But they, they lost two out of three in Monroe. They lost a midweek game to AM. They're not, they're not world beaters by any stretch. But again, history tells us we can't win over there. We can't win in Arlington. So I, if, if we get over that hump, we take care of business on Friday night. I, I think the series is ours for the taking. Win Saturday, shoot. Fair game. Yeah. Maybe yeah, go I mean, for a sweep, but and the interesting thing is say say you sweep, you're 29 and 20 coming home for your last stretch of the season. And I'm drawing a blank on who we play next weekend. Well, we played Troy, but we played UNO before then. You have um, UNO and then the Troy. Road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, by the way, UNO, look, they got uh, UNO's projected to go to a regional this year by yes, some some uh, prognosticators. So, that, look, that's, yeah, I mean, that, that's that's big. That's huge. Yeah, um, so, I mean, if you take care of business this weekend, say, so let's say hypothetically you get a sweep, you're 29 and 20, you beat UNO, you're 30 and 20, and then you're, so you're 30 and 20 coming home for a weekend series against Troy who, let's be honest, they're not having a great year. They're not bad. They're not bad, but, I mean, let's be honest, I don't think any Sunbelt, I don't think any team in the Sunbelt is bad. Well, I think I think every game is winnable. For sure. Um, you know, right now, the, the top two clear, the clear favorites in the conference right now are obviously South Alabama and Georgia Southern. They're, they're, they're the teams that are really just, you're just not going to touch them right now. They're hot. Um. But Troy's given us fits in the past. Uh, they went to a regional a couple of years ago. They had some decent pitching. Carried them in as a three seed. They're not bad, but they are coming to Lafayette. It is senior weekend. Um, I'm going to try to make that Thursday game. Yeah, same here. And uh, you, you hope they catch fire, you know. Um, so anything could happen, but this weekend, and I know I've said it numerous times, we've got to take care of business because – now you're you're in that final stretch. This yep. is the stretch where technically the postseason has started for us. We have to win these games to build momentum going into the tournament, especially with the fact that it's a pool play. And I've heard people mention it before, and I agree with them. The good thing about the pool play for us, if it's a if it's a pod of three teams, and you got to play two games, you got you got the Arrogetti Connor Cook duo. I mean, can you really top that in this conference? I don't think you can. Um, that's why, like you said, and I agree with you, the bats need to get hot now, like right now, the bats need to get hot and stay hot. Yep. If the bats get hot, you're going to have the pitching to complement it. Yeah, no, no question about it. We're going to go ahead and take a break right here. And when we come back, like we said, Cajuns leading South Alabama 4 nothing, top of the fifth. Summer Ellison still on the mound, absolutely dealing for Jerry Glasgow. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk a little more about this baseball series this weekend with Arlington and we'll finish up this softball game with you right here on Rage Interview. Stay tuned.
Chris Russo of Russo Exploration encourages you to donate to the Raging Cajun Athletic Foundation. The RCAF, the official fundraising arm of Louisiana Athletics, supports over 400 student-athletes across 16 NCAA sports. You can invest in the RCAF today for as little as $5 a month. Just go to myrcaf.org to get started or call 337-851-RCAF. As always, donations to the RCAF are tax-deductible. Your investment today will enrich the lives of every athlete that puts on the vermilion and white. Go Cajuns! Acadiana business owners, are you looking for custom solutions from local professionals that understand your business needs? Maybe you're looking to streamline your processes, become more efficient, and achieve elevated peace of mind? Utilizing and combined 30 years of experience in the financial and technology fields, the Vaulted Security Team is ready to assist you with reaching your goals. From credit card processing, internet and phone services, website hosting and design, to hosted cloud, even digital marketing and recovery software, Vaulted Security can do it all. Here's a message from Solutions Specialist, Anna Bourgeois. Hi, I'm Anna Bourgeois, your Solutions Specialist, and it's my goal to understand how we can make your business run more efficiently while increasing profits. I'm very passionate about doing business genuinely. In the merchant services industry and other business areas, it's hard to find a partner that you can trust without question. I'm here to change that perception. Give me a chance to show you what true partnership is all about. Contact Anna today at 337-210-4272 or email Anna at Vaulted Security. Welcome back to Rage Interview. Matt Miguez, Jerry Abair. Watching the Cajun softball game against South Alabama for nothing. We're heading to the bottom of the fifth. And like we said before the break, Summer Ellison absolutely dealing. She struck a batter out right after we went to break. And so, Jerry, I, I got to ask you, do you know how many strikeouts Summer Ellison now has on the day? No, man, I have no idea how many strikeouts does she have. Let me let me let me fill you in real quick. Nine times. I don't. How many did she strike out? She struck out nine times. Nine times. She struck out. Well, now it's up to ten, but she has struck out ten Jaguars in this contest today for Louisiana. Like I said, for nothing, going to the bottom of the fifth. The Cajuns, obviously, if they can hold on, they will go to the semifinals tomorrow morning. Um, which, you know, as, as Cajun fans, we don't expect any different, right? No, I expect to win the tournament. I mean, that, that, that's almost second nature in softball, you know? Um, and it looked like they're on the right track. Uh, just got to take it one game at a time. And if you, if you follow along on our Twitter page, I have been posting the legendary gif of Summer Ellison from, the Oxford Regional a couple years ago where every time she struck a batter out, she did the little bow and arrow thing. So what I've been doing is every time she strikes out a batter, I add another K and I post that GIF. Very nice. So so now, we're up, nice. now we're up to 10 on the day, which is just absolutely ridiculous. Kendall Tally with the swagger. Did you see that? She gets hit by the pitch and then she stares the pitcher down 
all the way to first base. That is absolutely filthy. But you know, let, let's very get, nice. Let's get back to uh, let's get back to talking about baseball. Um, like we said, talking about the weekend series with UTA. Let, let's play some hypotheticals here. Let's say let's say they take care of business in Arlington this weekend, and then you end up with um, UNO, and then a three game set with Troy. So. Let's be realistic here. Um, realistically, how many games do the Cajuns win in Arlington this weekend? Um, I'm I'm hoping for two. Okay, so let's say let's say they win. Let's say they take two out of three. So they're sitting there at that would be twenty eight and twenty one. Do we beat UNO? Yes. Twenty nine, twenty one. How many games will we win against Troy at home? I think we take two. Take two. Hopefully two. 31 and 22 going into the conference tournament. So, obviously, I I don't think that there's a chance that the Cajuns can get an at-large bid. Um, I think think the only way into the postseason is winning the conference tournament. But the interesting thing is going to be what the rest of the country does. Because that, that's the interesting thing about baseball. It's kind of it's kind of very similar to basketball in that regard. You know, it's not always... I mean, obviously, you do what you can control, but also you have to wait and see what, what other teams are going to do. Because as, as it stands now, Tech is slated to host a regional, but if they fall apart and LSU wins... You know, maybe maybe it's Baton Rouge instead of Rustin. Yeah, I, well, it really depends. It, we're going to find out soon the uh, final regional spots. It's going to be like softball. They're going to have pre-selected spots depending yep. on yeah predetermined spots on who who goes and who hosts. And um, I mean, look, LSU right now they're uh, they they they're talking about having to win so many games to finish off. The regular season, they even have a, sh- to, a shot to sniff a regional, let alone be in one. So, you know, I, it, it's I think, unfortunately for us, the RPI has not helped us. And look, part of, part, partially that's our fault for losing the teams we should have lose to. Um, and I just don't see, even if we went out, I don't see our RPI jumping high enough to where we would be in talks of an at-large in spite of making it, if we went out from here all the way to the final game, it would be very difficult because losing to some of these games, losing some of these games to some of these bad teams has really dragged us down. Um, Winning all three against North Alabama has probably dragged us down, has already dragged us down. It probably will drag us down some more, but I do think, I do think that moving forward, um, the team just needs to get hot. And the team just needs to get get on fire for 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 the conference tournament. That that's really what what it what it boils down to. So Oh my God. North Alabama almost beat Vanderbilt. Really? It was three to two. What? It was three to two. 
What, did Vanderbilt play this with is, a hand tied behind the back? This is the headline from the Tennessean newspaper. How Vanderbilt baseball avoided midweek upset, beat North Alabama 3-2. to two. North Alabama let us down because if they would have won that game, that might have shot our oh, what? Uh, RPI you know up that by would, 20 You spots. know what that would have done for our to RPI? everybody, actually. Everybody's RPI might have been affected by that. Oh, oh man. man. Now, now I want to know how the game went down. Yeah. Because they didn't, they didn't tweet anything about it. The last time North Alabama tweeted was on Mother's Day. Let me go check Vanderbilt's Twitter. Let's talk about this. Um, you know, let's talk about let's talk about basketball for a second. Let's do that. Um, okay. And let's talk about the transfer news of Malik Wilson. Obviously, we've talked about that. You know, and but now his his location. Is, is determined he's going to go to – he's committed to Texas Tech. Um, You know, how does that let, – let, let's talk about how that looks from a standpoint of, of you know, Louisiana's program as a whole, excuse me. How do they recover? How do you replace a guy – like Malik Wilson, who was an integral part of your offense for the two years that he was in the program. Good luck. Good luck, because it's going to be very difficult to do that. Um, you know, unfortunately, the transfer portal has become such, it's become such a subjective thing. You know, anybody and everybody just gets up and leaves when they want to. And, and you know, Brad said it best last week, you know, it's, it's a, it can become a hindrance because now it's to the point where, well, I don't like my coach or the coach corrected me wrong, or, you know, I got looked at the wrong way. And then before you know it now, they can leave at any time. And I think that's dangerous. That's a dangerous precedence. Um, losing Malik Wilson did not help. Losing Malik Wilson is, is, is awful for us because I think he, you know, people can say what they want, but he's a great player. And, um, you know, and, and he's obviously good enough to go sign with Texas Tech, a team that played in, in the, uh, the final. So just a few years ago. So um, yeah, losing Devin Butts as well and losing Devin Butts as well. So, you know, he came he got real hot in the conference tournament. So, you know, I, I just don't want to hear about. I just get frustrated when we hear about these guys, uh, how we how they we hype them up, talk about how great they are when we sign them, but we can't keep them for longer than a season. You know, that's concerning to me as a fan. Um, but, you know, we got we got that transfer from St. John's. He came in earlier. Hopefully he makes a yeah, difference. Greg Hopefully, Williams. you know, we we still got some guys that are good enough to 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 make a scene, to make some noise and make a scene but next see, year. But I actually we'll see. I'm glad I mean, I'm glad you brought Greg Williams up. Let's talk about that. So Greg Williams, born and raised in Lafayette, goes to Lafayette Christian, gets recruited to St. John's. Plays well for St. John's, has some injury issues, you know, this and that. Ends up coming back to Louisiana. And obviously I get, as, as, a, as a high school basketball player, I get the allure of St. John's. You know, historic basketball program. You get to play, in, you get to play in the garden. I, I get it. But my question is, oh, wow, what an error. That's going to score two for the girls. 7 nothing Louisiana. So what the 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 question that I have 
is if he's now coming to Louisiana, why couldn't we just keep him here? Because my thing is, my thing is, obviously Marlon said the right things to get him to transfer here. Why couldn't you get him to sign here two years ago? That's something that's that the coaching staff needs to answer. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not them. I'm not the coaching staff. I don't know. That just doesn't Um, make sense to me. I have no idea, but it's you know. I'm glad we got him now. Better now than ever. For for Um, sure. For sure. I you know I, I I don't know. I can't explain it, man. Um. I really don't know what to expect. I mean, with the transfer portal being so open now to anybody and everyone, it's going to be interesting to see how it turns out for certain teams and many different teams. Um, I, I don't know. It, it's it's such a mystery to me how all these players just getting up, leaving, going where they want. I mean, there's over, what, 1,200 players, I believe, in the transfer portal right now? And that That's insane. All, and that number's only going to grow as the years go on? That's absurd. That's absurd. And that's that's a problem. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. I, I heard somebody talking about it on the radio the other day. And, you know, I'm I'm in favor of if you're unhappy where you're at and you want to go somewhere else, you shouldn't be locked into that school. I get that. No, I, you, I understand. You should, you should be able to leave. But the fact recently that kids can just come and go year in and year out as they want to, I mean, it, it's getting a little out of hand. And especially now with the rules of you can basically play instantly unless you stay in conference. Right. If you go to a right. conference opponent, you have to sit. But otherwise, you can play instantly. Right. That's that's absurd, yeah. man. It is. And I also believe that um, you're just setting the rules. of it's, it's become a sense of entitlement now, you know. Well, I'm, pouty. Now, I'm gonna be pouty. I don't like it there, so I'm just gonna go when I right. want, go where I want, when I want. I'm gonna play when I want. Or, I mean, what, or, what kind of lesson? What, what what does that teach these play these young men? What you know? What does that teach these kids? What, or what, what about this? What, that, what, what you don't about get a, your way? You pout. You leave. What about a kid? What about a, a star player that say Houston? You know, they had a good year, but they didn't get you know exactly where they wanted to go. They ended up losing in the final four. But you know, say say, say you're the star player at Houston. And then you see Baylor win the national championship. Oh, I want to go yeah. to Baylor. Sure. And if you're the star player at Houston, Baylor's going to take you. Sure. And you could just go to Baylor and play instantly. And, you know, that's crap, man. That's crap. It, it sets a bad precedence. And it's only going to, unfortunately, you're I think basically, it's only going to You're basically worse. building super teams. Until the NCAA sports. caps that. Until they cap that, it's only going to get worse. Agreed. And um, we'll find out. But, you know, back to basketball. I was very, we're very appreciative. I want to thank Coach Brad Boyd for Absolutely. coming on last week. That was a fantastic uh, interview. That was a fantastic segment we did with him. Uh, very glad that he was very open to come and, and speak uh, about his experiences. And 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 it sparked a little bit of an outrage, in in the Ragin' Cajun community. Oh, did it now? Yeah, I mean. It, it's definitely gotten people talking about, you know, the topics that we discussed and, and the ways the program can change and this and that and this and that, and, you know, it, it's what I think it's done is it's opened up the conversation that everybody has need to have has needed to have for a very long time. Well, I think one thing it's done is it's, 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 it, it, first of all, 
if Brad Boyd doesn't come on the interview, are, are fans talking about basketball right now? No, not at all. And so it opens up a conversation. Now, granted, you know, it may they, there's some disagreements. You know, some people say, you know, a lot of people are like, man, Brad needs to be a part of the program. There's some people that say, well, maybe not. He's not ready yet. There's some people that say, well, maybe, you know, he needs more experience or he had his time and blah, blah, blah. Look, I like Brad, my personal opinion. What harm would it do to, to bring him back? Yep. You got a guy that played on the team when they were go- making tournament runs, winning conference championships, adding excitement to the Cajun Dome. Because let's be honest, man. I don't want to hear, and I'm just going to go off on this. I don't want to hear excuses of the way basketball is today and basketball is dead in the South. I don't want to hear that. Like, we have to adapt regardless of how so what does that mean? Because basketball changes, we just don't adapt and we just go, we just, okay, well, oh, well, woe is me. Basketball's right. changed. So there's nothing we can do about it. You adapt, you adapt to the, you adapt to the changes and you do the best you can with the scenario you're in to win championships. That shouldn't stop you from, from winning championships. That shouldn't stop you from reaching goals. And instead we hear reasons of why we can't do things rather than saying, you know what, we're going to adapt. And that's what Brad, I thought, brought to the, the conversation is, look, he said it best last week and it stuck out to me. Oh, well, the Sun Belt's not what it used to be. And oh, well, you know, yeah, people are saying, you know, we don't market as well. Or, well, he's, and Brad said it. I'm not worried about everybody else in the Sun Belt. I'm not worried about everybody else in the South. We right. control our own destiny. We need to adapt. And that's where I think most fans will agree. Quit making excuses and adapt. No, no question about um, it. I thought that was a very, very good, uh, uh, some good points he brought up. Um, I think one of the points he brought up that people are talking about is fundraising, you know, especially in basketball. Why does basketball have lower fundraising numbers than softball, a Title IX sport? Because people you don't know? care anymore. And the reality is, is it's not necessarily the fact that, oh, well, softball has a history of winning here. Softball is a nationally ranked sport. You should not look when you're men's basketball, you should not be getting out fundraised by a Title IX sport. I don't care. And I'm not saying I'm, I'm not saying anything against softball. Look, our softball program right, we're not, has done we're not downplaying proud. softball, but I mean, I'm the, not downplaying softball. But the facts, that's the facts are the facts. That's a red flag. Right. That's a red flag for basketball. Why are they raising less than softball? Yeah. That's a red flag. You have one of the nicest facilities in the country. You have, I mean, look, the coaching salaries is the highest in the conference. I mean, what what more do you need? Yep. Why why can't you fundraise? So. Those are issues that I think that, um, you know, I can't fix those. I'm saying this as a fan. That's something that needs to be looked into next year and the year after and the year after that. If you want to maintain the program to a, to a level of decent and good expectations and, and stop taking it day by day and let's just see what happens. Let's lick our finger and see which way the wind's blowing, which is I feel that's what we're doing now. Um, it's never going to change. Yeah. And instead, you're going to have an empty, you're going to be playing in an empty Cajun dome, which Compared to when Brad played with seven, eight thousand people, even if the attendance has gone down, we can't even get—we barely get a thousand people in the Cajun Dome. That yeah. has nothing to do with basketball being dead in the South. Nope, that has just, nothing to do. That's with just it. lack of. People just don't care anymore, man. People just one don't word, care. brother. One word, apathy. Yep, one hundred percent. You don't win games. You don't win championships, people become apathetic. Look, we saw it in baseball. We've seen it in baseball this weekend. Yep. And that actually, I want to talk about, uh, I, I, that's my Raging Review rant for the day. Um, I don't know if we have time. Yeah, but for sure. 
you know, my Ranger review ran today, and it goes for baseball. Baseball had lower attendance numbers in softball this past weekend, and I understand it's North Alabama. I understand that there's no, um, you know, there, there's there's still certain COVID things going on. I know there's people that are being hesitant. I know that there's a lot of a um, little bit, a little bit of a little bit of confusion oh, yeah. and concern. Attendance, attendance is atrocious. I know there's some concern with baseball right now, but to get barely 500 people uh, each game. Jerry, sorry to cut you off, but I feel like we need to update this. Summer Ellison has just been pulled from the ball game. 84 pitches. Um, if I if I'm cor- if I'm correct on this, only one hit, 10 Ks for the two-time Sun Belt Pitcher of the Year here in the quarterfinals against South Alabama. What a Dominant performance. Round of applause for Summer Ellison. By Summer Ellison Summers. That's the the summer we know. That's the summer we know. Um, Um, It's looking like... Carly Heath. Carly Heath is going to replace her, yeah. Finish us off, Carly. So, uh, 7-0, top of the sixth. Louisiana leads the Jaguars. Back to the Rage Interview rant, though. Yeah, the attendance, the lack of attendance for uh, baseball last week was very disappointing. Now, granted, I don't really have much room to talk because I couldn't make it, but I had other obligations. Yeah, I had family I didn't, obligations I didn't go either. that I had to tend to. But at the same time, man, 500 people, really? I think we only had like 300 one of those games. I mean, come on, guys. Like, look, we're finally at full capacity. We're charging $5 tickets. We got all of the... the um, all of the concessions back, you know, jambalaya shop. We got the, the, the kettle corn. We got the Mr. Vicks peanuts. We got everything Dino's. back to normal. Dino's pizza, everything back to normal. But yet we have barely four or 500 people show up. Yeah. I mean, come on, guys. I know there's a lot of uh, concern. There's some there's probably a little apathy with baseball right now, but five dollar tickets full capacity. And you can only have that many people show up to the game. I mean, what you know, and, and look. We've said it once. We've we said it many times. we said it about football. Lafayette is a place to be seen. It is. It's, it's, a, it's a be seen town. People it's the go happiest to place in America. But it's a place to be seen. Certain people go to the festival so they can be seen. They go to certain restaurants so they can be seen. They go to certain events so they can be seen. Look, the reality is if you love the program, if, if you see that the program has potential, go support it. 500 people, really? I mean, that's awful. I'm sorry. Like, there's no excuse for that. $5 tickets. Come on, guys. And look, I know you're disappointed. I know there's a lot of concern right now for for baseball. But you got to understand, guys, this is Matt Diggs' first full season as a head coach. All right? You know, he's basically almost had to start from scratch with the roster he has. It's a first-year guy. It's not like he's on year five or six. It's year one. It's going to take time. Yeah. Um, if you, if I recall for Sam Houston, when he got to Sam Houston, I think they were like 33 and 27 or 34 and 28 or something like that in his first season, third season there, he goes to a super regional. So it's going to take time. Even in spite of that, Cajun still can be on track to finish with their best record since 2017. If they play the baseball, we know that they're capable of playing. So all I ask is this Cajun nation next week, you got senior weekend against Troy, Thursday, Friday, Saturday game. Can we can we at least get the attendance numbers higher than 500? Like, can we get it at least higher than 500? 
if you're still hesitant, if you still want to watch the game on TV, I totally understand. If you still want to, you still want to uh, be careful because of COVID. I understand that, but take one day out of the three game series. Yeah. Turn the TV off, go pay five bucks, go buy yourself a beer, go buy yourself a little Dino's pizza box or jambalaya or whatever, and go enjoy the game. These players, I know it's, they have their ups and downs, but they're working hard. They're still grinding. And, you know, it's just, there's no reason why we should only have 500 people anytime at T. Moore Field at Russo Park. So, you know, it's not really a rant. It's more of just a concern um, because I hope that doesn't trickle down into football. Look, we're going to be at full capacity at Cajun Field this year. And you got a football team that was nationally ranked for the first time in school history, or at least since the 1940s. And you got a head coach that turned down SEC jobs to be here. Okay. Three of them. One of the, one of the hottest named coaches in America right now that will be on our sideline coaching this team to more solid wins and another race at a conference championship game, maybe a new year six spot. We don't know, but we need Cajun field packed as well. So Cajun nation, I ask you, don't make our fan base a fan base to be seen. Make our fan base a fan base that shows up and supports our teams, especially now with baseball. I understand. Again, there's apathy. I, I get it. There's a few, there's some people that are, that are just not happy with the way things are, but there is the good news is with baseball, there is an upside. And so um, just continue to um, oof, just continue to support the team and uh, hope to see you there next weekend and send those seniors off with a bang going into the conference tournament. And as we end this episode, Carly Heath had given up back-to-back hits. So they brought Summer Ellison back into the game and there goes the shutout. A three-run shot from South Alabama with two outs on the top of the sixth cuts the lead nearly in half. It is now seven to three there at the University of Troy. But, you know... Talk, we'll wrap up here. Baseball Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 6.30, 6.30, and 1.30, respectively. All three games will be on ESPN+. Plus. All games can be heard on the radio on KPL 96.5. Pre-game 30 minutes before first pitch. Stay on our Twitter feed for updates to the softball tournament as well as this weekend's games. We will update everything there. Um... Jerry, thank you for joining me as always, my man. And uh, yes, sir. We will we will talk next week leading up to this Troy series. We'll talk about what softball is going to do after this weekend's tournament, and so much more. As always, on Rage Review, we appreciate you. We love you. Go Cajuns. <laughs> <laughs>